The Pope is in America, greeted with great enthusiasm. Evangelicals applaud his pro-life and pro-family positions. But what about the differences between Catholicism and biblical Christianity? We'll discuss it with a Criswell College professor. And the media finally got tough on Barack Obama in last night's debate, but does this affect the presidential race? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev... Tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, peace be with you. All right, that's Pope Benedict. Catholics agree with evangelical Christians on the Trinity, on family, on human life. But what about the differences on faith, on grace, on salvation, on how to get to heaven? We're going to talk about that. Also, at last night's Democrat presidential debate in uh, Philly, there were some pointed questions for Barack Obama. We're going to discuss what took place later in the program. But first, Dr. Johnson. Pope Benedict is in town. He's in the United States of America, and uh, we need to be talking about Roman Catholics and evangelicals. For instance, today, President Bush and the Pope prayed for the family. President Bush standing up for the family, a man and a woman. The Pope standing up for the family, a man and a woman. Also, today in the news, the Pope serving communion. And some lawmakers who are pro-abortion took communion, even though he has said in the past that pro-abortion politicians should not take communion. But it reminds us that the Pope and evangelicals agree on marriage, and they agree on the sanctity of human life. But a lot of Christians are asking, what is the difference between evangelical or Protestant Christianity and Roman Catholicism, because we do agree on life, we agree on marriage, but there are some fundamental disagreements about the nature of the gospel. With me to talk about it is Dr. R. Allen Street. He holds the W.A. Criswell Chair of Expository Preaching here at Criswell College. He's also the editor of the Criswell Theological Review. Welcome back, Dr. Street. Thank you. Dr. Street, let's talk about Catholicism, because I'm just looking here at a paper, and I see John Wycliffe, Martin Luther, John Calvin, even going up to Spurgeon a hundred years ago, and there is a tradition of evangelical preachers being very critical of the Pope and Catholicism. Now, you really don't hear any of this today, 
But uh, I do think it's important for us to understand the difference between evangelical Christianity and Roman Catholicism. How would you break that down? Well, uh, Martin Luther, of course, was a Catholic priest. He was an Augustinian monk, and uh, he had no assurance of salvation. He followed all the dictates of the church. He never gained assurance of salvation. He even went up the steps of uh, one of the cathedrals on his knees, thinking that that would give him assurance. When he got up to the top, he felt as miserable as he did when he was down at the bottom. So uh, he had what we'd call a darkness, dark night of the soul, and he began to pray. And as he was reading through the book of Romans, it dawned on him that we are saved by faith alone, that God declares us righteous, not on our merits or on the basis of what we do, but on the merits of Christ and what he did on the cross. And if we will just trust Christ as our Savior, then we will be declared righteous or acquitted of our sins by God. And that began what was known as the Protestant Reformation. Well, let's just start with that, because Catholics do believe in grace, Mm -hmm. and they believe there's a role for faith, but there is a distinction between the Catholic view of grace and faith and the Protestant view, and I think you mentioned the sacraments a moment ago, because I'm looking at something that Dr. Moeller said just again today about Pope Benedict. He says he's not right on the papacy, not right on the sacraments, not right on the gospel. And so I would like to talk about the role of the sacraments uh, compared really with the role of faith in evangelical Christianity. Okay. Explain that. Sure. Uh, this is very important. First of all, Catholics believe you're saved by grace. If you ask any Catholic priest, he'd say it's entirely by grace. They would also say you're saved by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So it is a work of God. But they would say you're saved by grace through the vehicle of the Holy Spirit through baptism. That's the difference. They have sacraments. Uh, Each sacrament, in each sacrament, you're given more grace. And the saving sacrament, the first saving sacrament, is the sacrament of baptism. So when the child is baptized, the child is infused with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit supposedly comes into the child by God's act of grace, and that child is forgiven of original sin and uh, based on Christ's death on the cross. So in that sense, it's grace, but there has to be the act of baptism. And not only that, uh, there has to be a Catholic priest who baptizes you. That's why holy orders, which is one of the sacraments, is so important. It has to be the right person baptizing you. So I want to talk about the other sacraments, Mm -hmm. but right now, I mean, the evangelical Christian view is that you get grace through faith alone. That's correct. And you're saying Catholics believe you get grace through the sacraments. Through the sacraments. That's how God bestows the grace, through the act of the Mm -hmm. sacrament, by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who sheds uh, the grace on you, but it has to come through that sacrament. So you got the the sacrament of baptism. What are the others? Baptism. You got confirmation. Yeah. Uh, about seven or eight years old, the child is confirmed. That means they become a soldier of Christ. That's more grace. Then. That's more grace. They become an adult Christian. There is the Eucharist, which mm-hmm. would, we would call the Lord's Supper. And at that time, you get more grace. You actually take Christ into you each time you take communion. Mm-hmm. Then there's holy orders. That's the priest who gives the communion and baptizes and so forth. And then there's penance. That's the confessional booth where you go in and you confess your sins. This is why you need a priest. He has to be able to say, I forgive you. So in other words, the priest stands in the place of God 
on earth, and he forgives you. Just as the Pope stands in the place of God and speaks on behalf of God in an authoritative way, the priest, the average priest, forgives you. They would do that. They would base that theology on Jesus saying to Peter and others, whosoever sins you remit, they shall be remitted. Whoever sins you hold ah. responsible. And then at the end, there's a, there's a final sacrament, there is. isn't there? Uh, well, actually, holy matrimony is a sacrament, oh, right. uh, is a, is a sacrament as well. And then finally, there is what's called the last rites or extreme unction or anointing for healing. And that is uh, the priest comes in and he anoints you, prays that God will heal you. But if God chooses not to heal you, will prepare you then for eternity. Mm. So again, the distinction, Protestants, evangelicals like Baptists believe that you're saved by grace through faith alone. Catholics believed you're saved by grace, and that grace is mediated through these sacraments and also through the priesthood uh, as those sacraments are administered. See, the priest is so important. In each one of these sacraments, there must be a priest. Mm. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Dr. R. Allen Street. He's the W.A. Criswell Professor of Expository Preaching at Criswell College, also teaches evangelism. Uh, Dr. Street, well, let's let's move then to the next question, because as I understand it, there are three levels of belief in Catholicism. And what you've just said about the sacraments and salvation, is that an optional belief, or does, does that fall under something you're you should believe in Catholicism, or is this a non-negotiable? That's a non-negotiable to top-tier belief, level one. What's that called? It's called dogma. All right. Okay? Dogma can never be changed. Uh, even the Pope cannot change a dogma. A dogma would include virgin birth, things of that nature, infallibility of the Pope. The second level is called doctrine. Now, doctrine, a Catholic is bound to believe the doctrine of the Church unless their conscience will not allow them. Now, doctrine can either be moved up or it can be moved down. In 1950, the Pope proclaimed that uh, Mary was assumed into heaven. She ascended into heaven. Uh, Prior to 1950, it was a doctrine. After 1950, it became a dogma. Wow. So it has to be believed. (laughs) Uh, Doctrine can also be downgraded to a a level called pious belief. Now, you may remember this, Dr. Johnson. There was a time when Catholics ate fish on Friday. That was a doctrine. But a few years back, it was downgraded to pious belief, which means if you believe it and it makes you more pious, that's fine, but you're not obligated to believe it. Mm. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Our guest is Dr. R. Allen Street. He teaches here at the Criswell College. We're talking about Pope Benedict's visit to the United States and really the similarities with Roman Catholicism and evangelical Christianity, certainly on the Trinity, on the deity of Christ— And on social issues like abortion and the family, we have a lot in common. But on the gospel and the nature of salvation, we're seeing some distinctions. You know, Dr. Street, uh, there's been some talk in the last 10, 15 years about the Mary as co-redeemer and even co-mediator. Could you talk about that? Where is that in the uh, evolution of doctrine? Sure. Uh, Catholics do believe that Mary is a co-mediator. But they would define it a little different than Protestants do. They would not put Mary on par with Jesus. They would say that Jesus is the mediator of salvation. But Jesus has the ear of his mother. Uh, If you wanted to talk to me, and let's say I was a very important person, and you couldn't get to me, you could talk to my mother and get her ear, and she could pass (laughs) the the message on. That's a good (laughs) way to get to me. So Mary does have a unique place in Catholicism. 
probably has a lower place than she should be in Protestantism, hmm. because the Scripture does say Mary is great among women. Yes, and we do need to recognize that. But she's certainly not in li- next in line to Jesus. Dr. Street, you know, I know there are two categories of sin in Catholicism. I want you to talk about that, but we've just got a couple more minutes in this segment. But there may be someone who is a nominal Catholic or even Mm -hmm. a faithful Catholic, Mm -hmm. but they're not sure their sins are forgiven Mm -hmm. or can be forgiven Mm -hmm. in this system. They're confused. Mm -hmm. Could you just share the New Testament gospel with our Catholic listeners? Certainly. Uh, First of all, the important thing is what is the object of your faith? For most Catholics, not all Catholics, of course, but most Catholics, the object of their faith is the fact that they've been baptized and they're Catholic, and based on that, they're expecting to have eternal life. Uh, The Scripture says that the object of our faith must be the crucified, resurrected Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, and he's the Savior. And we recognize that his death is sufficient for our sins, that God raised him from the dead, proving that his death was sufficient for our sins, and we cry out to him and say, Lord, save me. We cry out for his mercy. And when we do that, God is gracious to us, and he extends to us forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and he gives us the Holy Spirit by which we are regenerated and made a member of his family. And that's forgiven from mortal sins and venial sins. All kinds of sins. (laughs) There's no sin that the Lord will not forgive except what? Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's another show. Our guest, Dr. R. Allen Street, he teaches evangelism here at the Criswell College. He's the W.A. Criswell Professor of Expository Preaching and edits the Criswell Theological Review. Thank you, Dr. Street. You're welcome. This is important as uh, people are celebrating the Pope right now, Catholics and non-Catholics. So we'd love to hear from you on this issue. The number is 1-800-881-9270. If you are a current Catholic, do you agree or disagree uh, with the Catholic positions? Is there something you disagree with, as articulated by Dr. Street? And if you're a former Catholic, why did you leave Catholicism? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. Or email, talk at Jerry Johnson Live. We'll take those emails. We'll read them on the air. Talk at Jerry Johnson Live. Again, we want to hear from Catholics out there. Do you agree with Dr. Street? Does the way he describes Catholicism make sense? Is that what your priest teaches? Is that what you believe? Are you in more in line with the evangelical view? 800-881-9270. We want to take these calls. We'll be right back. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? No partnership. Or what fellowship has light with darkness? No partnership. Or what harmony has Christ with Belial or Satan? No partnership. Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? And the answer to those is negative. This is John MacArthur inviting you to a very special event this Friday night at 7.30. We'll be at Crossroads Christian Church in Grand Prairie. Friday night, April 18th. It's an evening with John MacArthur. I love the fact he is called the living God. Don't forget, April 18th, 7.30 p.m., an evening with John MacArthur. And you, our faithful Criswell Communications family. Why? Just to say thank you for your faithful support of this radio ministry. From San Angelo or Texoma or even in the Metroplex, you're invited to this evening with John MacArthur. The Spirit lives within us. The Spirit of Christ, the living God, dwells in us. This Friday night at 7.30, a free gift from our family to yours on CRN. 
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Pope, Pope Benedict holding a papal mass in Washington, D.C. at the National Stadium, and he's here. And everyone's thinking about Catholicism, and there are some things that evangelicals have in common with Catholics, belief in the Trinity, belief in the deity of Jesus Christ, uh, and we're pro-life and pro-family, standing with Pope Benedict there. But what about salvation? What do Catholics believe about how you have your sins forgiven? We've got Laura on the line from Corsicana. We're asking you to call and respond to the difference and the distinction between Catholicism and evangelical Christianity. Laura, thank you for calling. What's your view? Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was raised up as a Methodist, and at the age of 24, I married uh, a Catholic and went into the Catholic Church because they suggest that you join the church and be a family unit in Catholicism. Um, I I was there for 15 years, and I could not agree with the symbolism that Catholics go by. I could not agree with not preaching from the Bible. They preach from the Missalette. Um, and my biggest thing was, um, as Dr. Street had mentioned in the pre-recorded message, um, it has to be the right person baptizing you. My question would be to any other person who is involved in Catholicism, um, what about your priests that are convicted of mortal sins? Um, he said it had to be the right person baptizing you. Those people, there's several people who are in question, you know, is their child truly baptized? Is their marriage um, truly a marriage in the eyes of God when this person was misrepresenting themselves? Um, but as far as Catholicism, I had to, I had to go home to the Christian Church and um, get away from all of the symbolism um, in reconciliation or confession. Um, I don't believe that one man can grant me absolution. That's between me and God. And to go into a confessional and have a man with a collar say, you are forgiven, I don't think that's possible. That That's for God to say, not for a man to say. Thank you, Laura, for so much for that call. So one of Laura's concerns, it's kind of interesting, Dr. Street explaining the role of the priest. Only the priest can administer these sacraments. And the question is, if that priest himself is committing mortal sins, um, are these sacraments legitimate? Are they really channeling the grace? Well, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, uh, somebody maybe would know that could call in if you get disqualified from your position as a priest uh, because of your sin. We've got Bob on the line from San Angelo. Bob, thank you for calling. What's your view? Uh, yes, thank you for taking my call. I'd like to comment first about the graces. <clears throat> I was born and raised Catholic, and I believe that we receive graces daily. Uh, we just receive extra graces through sacraments. Uh, even like going to see the Pope, I think you'll receive extra graces. Uh, as far as the comments from Laura, uh, a priest to me is Christ's representative, and he's a human. He can he's flawed, 
uh, he, God made humans flawed. We have to strive for protection through Jesus Christ. And we can't hold a priest up higher than a human, uh, but he's Christ's representative. So we can look up to a priest in a way in, in his position, but not in his humanhood. All right. Thank you, Bob, for that call. I think, though, in listening to Bob there, we can see a fundamental difference, though, in the way evangelicals talk about grace and Catholics talk about grace. He talked about graces and getting extra graces through the sacraments. And uh, evangelical Christians believe fundamentally that grace, grace, not graces, but grace is given to us by faith alone in Christ alone. Nothing could add more grace to that. There's no extra grace from uh, baptism, no extra grace from confession, no extra grace from marriage. Nothing could add to that grace that comes through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And our faith in Him, that's all the grace um, that you get. In a sense, I don't know, when I look at this, I see that there's almost a back and forth in this definition of graces when you use it plural like that, that you do something, you have one of the sacraments take place in your life, and then you get more grace. But that's not the way we believe. Well, I think that, it again, it fits with the notion of purgatory and that you're adding up credits and you're taking away credits as you sin. So you're adding credits, you're adding graces as you as you um, go through these sacraments and you get the visit from the Pope, as he said, you know, even that would add some grace. Uh, but what about the sins that are there? All right, we've got Tikio on the line from Dallas. Thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Oh, well, I was just, um, I've been listening, and I appreciate you having a show on this because I am a Catholic. However, uh, my personal views uh, are more in line with um, what you were discussing earlier um, with the doctor that uh, well, just my own views are, are more in line with the evangelical. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised uh, in in the Catholic Church. Uh, I even went to Catholic school, and currently actually still involved with the church very much. So, however, there's uh, like you you point out the differences are are very clear, and if you actually just study them, it's just overwhelming and how. Tikio, let me ask you a question, Tikio, because I appreciate you calling and sharing that. There are a lot of evangelical Catholics, uh, (laughs) so-called born-again Catholics. And and, and the question I have for you is, uh, because I think this would be interesting to non-Catholics, because what Dr. Street said is that technically the, the view of the sacraments and getting grace through the sacraments, that's, um, that's not pious belief. It's not even doctrine. That is dogma. It's non-negotiable to the Mother Church. So there must be a reason you're staying in the Church, the Catholic Church, instead of coming out. What is so appealing to you? What draws you to stay in the Roman Catholic uh, movement? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that. Um, um, well, the, the main thing with me and my wife, uh, you know, it, it's been since 2000 where I, I felt like I, I became born again. We, we had a really... Uh, amazing experience with with the Lord in our lives, and that, that really changed us profoundly in, in our worldview on everything. And from that time on, that was the my main struggle was trying to decide: am I going to stay in, in the Catholic Church, or or should I go look to a more you know fundamental Bible believing you know evangelical church? Right. And uh, one of the the gifts of the spirits that I received were were I had lots of different dreams, and um, it just there's been lots of times where I wanted to leave, and I would. I would just get 
something in in a way of a sign that the the Lord just wants me to to stay there for for whatever reason. If there's other people that I'm who who agree the same way or maybe on the fence that I can you know just teach them the right way. But when people ask me about you know grace or salvation. I always explain it to them in, in the way of a, of a evangelical Christian. Not well, that's good that you're sharing the gospel. And I think one of the things you could think about, Tikio, because this goes back to a distinction between Catholics and evangelicals. In the Catholic view, the authority is really threefold. You've got the Scripture, but you've got tradition right. and the Church and even the Pope, whereas in the um, evangelical Protestant Church, you have got the Bible alone. We've got to move on. We've got Kevin on the line from Decatur. Kevin, thank you for calling and holding. What's your question? What's your view? Yes, thank you. I just wanted to comment on a couple things that he said. Um, you know, first of all, there's a, some of the sacraments don't require a priest, you know, namely baptism. Uh-huh. You know, any, anyone can baptize someone else as long as it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I don't think, though, anyone can do that in a Catholic church, can they? Yes, they can. I mean, it, it's supposed to be uh, through a priest, but it can be outside of a priest. In certain circumstances, it can be. Um, I, I also wanted to kind of say something that he misrepresented, something that Catholics believe that the object of our faith is our baptism. I think that's a little bit crazy. I don't know where he got that idea, but the object of our faith is Jesus. You know, we are following Christ um, as Catholics, the founder of the Church. So I, I just wanted to kind of comment on that part of what he said. Well, thanks, Kevin, for that call. I think what Dr. Street is speaking to is that a lot of Catholics would look back and whatever assurance they have, they are banking on their baptism, they're banking on the confession, they're banking on communion, and they're, they're pointing back to these experiences, these sacraments, instead of the person of Jesus Christ. You know, it really struck me today. I was listening to another radio show, um, a pretty famous female host who's Catholic, talking about uh, the the good works that you do in life and the good things that you do for people. And really, in a sense, she was banking on those to get you to heaven. And that broke my heart. All right. We've got enough time for Denise from Bedford. Denise, thank you for calling. You've got 45 seconds. Hey, Jerry, I'm glad you touched on the meaning of grace. If we just look at the dictionary meaning of grace, Catholicism totally defies what the pure meaning of pure grace is. When they base it conditioned on works, conditioned on salvation, conditioned upon anything, it defies the meaning of what happened at the cross. And I knew you were going to talk about this today, and I'm so glad you really brought up the issue of grace. And all we have to do is define grace. Well... Thank you so much, Denise. I think that's important. Of course, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved. Catholics and evangelicals would agree on that, maybe, in concept. But he goes on to say, by grace you've been saved through faith. Not through the sacraments, but through faith you get access to that grace. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Not of works. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. Dr. Moeller says the Pope is not right on the papacy, not right on the sacrament, not right on the priesthood, not right on the gospel, not right on the church. What do you think of that? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. we got callers holding. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. That's Domingo singing for the Pope and the crowd, and um, a lot of symbolism there, a lot of beauty there, Uh, but we're really talking about the substance of the distinction between Roman Catholicism and evangelical Christianity. And we're taking your calls. We're hearing from Catholics and former Catholics and non-Catholics, 800-881-9270. Let's go to Dallas and talk with Mike. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Great. Um. I'd, I'd just like to say I consider myself an evangelical Catholic. Um, I listen to all these radio programs. I also i am a practicing Catholic. I go to Mass, and I feel like the two can really go hand in hand. Um, I, one of the things I do think a lot of Catholics miss out on is Bible study, and you know that's where a lot of these programs can really come in and strengthen faith. But I do feel like to talk about grace, we're kind of missing the point. And I feel like as a Catholic, the idea is, you know, not that we're adding credits and subtracting credits, but just that being a follower of Christ, we have to be, let me think of how to put this, you know, we have to keep the prize, you know, on that we're doing this for God, we're living a life with God. Well, the question and is, though, what saves you? What saves me? What saves me, I think, is a combination of, I think it's the faith, but it comes through the way that you live your life. Simply being born again and going out and then murdering people is, I don't think that that person necessarily will go to heaven. I think there has to be Jesus in the heart. And I see these sacraments for Catholics, it's just a way of expressing that and growing closer to God and putting God at the center of the life, just as in a Bible study would be or something else. It's just, it's more ritualistic, you know, but it does offer the same thing. We talk about grace. I believe it offers the same grace. Mike, uh, I think there's much that's good in what you're saying. However, when you use that word combination, I think many evangelicals are uncomfortable with that because uh, there's the, the... Four solas of the Reformation. Sola gratia, we're saved by grace alone. Sola fide, we're saved by faith alone. Sola Christus, we're saved by Christ alone. Sola scriptura, the Bible, our authority alone. Um, Do you accept those solas of the Reformation? Um, That's that's kind of a tough question. Yeah. Um, Well, we've got to move on, but thanks for calling. We've got callers holding. Thanks, Mike. Let's move on to John from San Angelo. John, what's your view? Oh, uh, I'm in a church that's even older than the Roman Catholic Church. I'm in the uh, Russian Orthodox Church, not because I'm Russian, but because at one point someone who is Russian acquainted me with the, with the Russian Orthodox Church, which once was the uh, national church of, of the... Russia before the Bolshevist revolution. Yes. And and all I have to say is thank you. I'm, I appreciate the existence of evangelicals and what that uh, man just said uh, kind of stole my thunder. You you can't be born again and and then just not think about Jesus. And uh also what your uh the, the the Roman Catholic uh, official said he, everything is is true that the priests are not God but they are uh, mediators for God and uh, we also do you have a scripture John a New Testament scripture that would say priests are mediators for God 
Uh, no, I don't. I think that's... That's well, a tough one, i got to tell you, because I'm looking at a scripture here. It's First Timothy 2, and it says this. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And that's why Reformers said, sola Christos, Christ alone. Christ is the only mediator. What do you think of that? Um, we, we, we tell our sins to the priest, and he says, basically, uh, do you forgive your fellow, and are you sorry for your sins? And uh, no, he's just, just, just an auditor. Right. I, I can't really, I, I know the gospel, but I don't know. I, I also know that uh, the gospel is older than the evangelical church, uh, and I'm not saying that from a point of superiority because I, I, I welcome all the evangelical good people that, that, that have uh, transformed our, our whole civilization, at least kept it from going into chaotic, a new chaotic state after uh, Martin Luther. Well, John, thank you for the call. I have visited an Eastern Orthodox Church before, Russian Orthodox Church in Denver, and there was a lot of beauty there. I do appreciate the emphasis on God, the emphasis on the Trinity. We've got an email from Chris Graves here who says, look, he appreciates the reverence and the reflective attitude uh, of these churches, but the problem Chris has is their rejection of sola fide, faith alone, and sola gratia, grace alone. And we've heard that, I think, with a couple of these callers, Pena. And, um, but we want to know what you think. We've got Robert on the line holding. Robert, what's your view? Well, my view is I, I was born and raised a Catholic, for, for, and, and it just it didn't click with me until I started reading the Bible myself. And then to, 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 to see them call the Pope as a Holy Father and... The way I read the Bible, there's only one Holy Father, mm. and and that's God alone, and His He sent His Son to die for my sins. So, are you still a Catholic? No, no, no. I've I've uh, I'm an even I guess a non, I go to a non-denominational church. I don't put any denomination on my faith, basically because it's just Christ that 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 grants me my salvation. And, and what he did for me on the cross. And, and my response to that is how I live today. I think uh, you've articulated a huge difference between the two. And I, I just didn't click with me, you know, going to confession and all that. I felt as though, you know, I was condemned. And, and, and this man wasn't able to forgive me until I was able to get into the scriptures, which they didn't encourage me to do. You know, like I would go into the church and they would read from a, a missal. Although I do know some Catholic churches now are encouraging more Bible study and Bible reading today. They are. They are. Well, we're going to go to our next caller, Javier and Devlin, on the line. And let me just say that um, I think um, this is really good to have this discussion because, again, there's so much in common that evangelicals and Catholics have on pro-life, pro-family issues, the deity of Christ, uh, the Trinity— but we're talking today about the distinctions, and we have many Catholic friends who listen to uh, mm-hmm. our program and our other programs, and it's it's so good to have you call in. We got Javier on the line from Fort Worth. Javier, what's your view? Oh, hi. Um, well, 
I used to be Catholic. Uh, I'm from Mexico myself. And I guess we're forgetting something that is really makes uh, uh, the difference between uh, 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 Catholics and uh, evangelicals. I am an evangelical now, and that is the, uh, the idolatry. Uh, in Mexico, the idolatry is really, really bad. I mean, abominable. Uh, I don't know if you understand that. Uh, but it's really bad, and uh, the uh, church, the Catholic church, delights on that. Uh, they like when you, we uh, make offerings to a, a saint or a virgin or any other statue, and that is something that the Bible condemns. And Javier, I think um, you make an excellent point, and folks, if you study church history or history at all, uh, the Catholic Church has a history of accommodation accommodation as they move into an area, to a region, and to accommodate and to incorporate native religions, folk religions. And so you'll see a mix in Catholicism in Central and South America with um, nativist and voodoo and, and a, lot of, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the extras that go along with Catholicism around the world are really accommodation uh, with other religions. In fact, Larry, we have, I think, a quote from the Pope. I'm not sure which one it is that we might want to look for here, somewhere in the mix, um, uh, that where he talks about everybody coming together. I think it's number five, Larry, Pope number five, if you can go ahead to that one. Let's play that now. ask you, in the Lord Jesus, to set aside all division and to work with joy to prepare a way for him in fidelity to his word, and in constant conversion to his will. All right, so no division, and uh, but let's be in fidelity to his word. Well, I don't agree with fidelity, disagree with fidelity to his word, but um, essentially we're talking about some distinctions and divisions today. Certainly uh, the Protestant reformers thought there was something to divide about. Dr. Johnson, those words that he used, constant conversion to his will, kind of struck me as I listened to them the first time earlier tonight, and that almost has to do with a step-by-step process, it seems like, and not a one-time salvation. And I think that's where, you know, some of our listeners are saying these graces uh, are something that are necessary, but born-again evangelical believers want to grow in Christ, too. I mean, we're not going to go out and murder someone. We're going to grow in the Lord through Bible study, through reading the Word of God, and through preaching. All right, we've got Devlin on the line. Devlin, we only got about 30 seconds. You're on the air. Hello. Devlin, yes. Yes, how are you? Yeah, I just wanted to um, kind of hit on three points real quick. Uh, you brought up the fact that there is one mediator uh, between uh, God and man, which is Jesus. And also the fact of the idol worship of the Catholic, you know, the Catholic uh, religion. Right. And most people don't realize that when Christ came, he never brought a religion, period, to us. He never gave us a specific name of a religion, but more or less the kingdom or the good news. And I think that we are saved by grace because it was performed with his death on the cross. So when we ask about, you know, Peter... Um, Hey, we're out of time, Devlin. We've got to go. I'm sorry. Thanks for those thoughts. But there is a question here. That is, uh, do evangelicals and Baptists who believe you're once saved and always saved, do they live uh, more careless lives than the Catholics who go to confession? Let's talk about that when we come back. 800-881-9270. 
For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? No partnership. Or what fellowship has light with darkness? No partnership. Or what harmony has Christ with Belial or Satan? No partnership. Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? And the answer to those is negative. This is John MacArthur inviting you to a very special event this Friday night at 7.30. We'll be at Crossroads Christian Church in Grand Prairie. Friday night, April 18th. It's an evening with John MacArthur. I love the fact he is called the living God. Don't forget, April 18th, 7.30 p.m., an evening with John MacArthur. And you, our faithful Criswell Communications family. Why? Just to say thank you for your faithful support of this radio ministry. From San Angelo or Texoma or even in the Metroplex, you're invited to this evening with John MacArthur. The Spirit lives within us. The Spirit of Christ, the living God, dwells in us. This Friday night at 7.30, a free gift from our family to yours on CRN. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. In the next few days, I look forward to meeting not only with America's Catholic community, but with other Christian communities and representatives of the many religious traditions present in this country. Well, that's very interesting because Pope Benedict says other Christian communities. The official position is that there's only one church, and that is the Roman Catholic Church. But ever since Vatican II, there's been a loosening in the Catholic mindset of the legitimacy of other Christians and other Christian groups. So it's very interesting that he used that language, Penna. Well, and we certainly cooperate on many things. Let's go back to the phones. Lots of you are calling in and are responding. Mai is holding. Uh, Mai is in Dallas. Go ahead. Hi. Um I've been raised Catholic, my whole family, my grandma, great-grandma, and all. Hey, Maya, can you turn down your radio? It's giving us a lot of feedback there. Okay. You Thank better. you. You bet. Okay. So um, I can, I'm going to add a comment about um, the Catholicism as I've been raised. I'm married to uh, the Baptist and um, non-denomination, and I learned a lot from him. And... Um, as I'm known that as being a Catholic, we have, I don't say all of us, I don't say majority, but I know at least for sure I have it very kind of confused about, you know, on the region and all that. But um, I just want to say one big thing that I appreciate and I really believe that true is the Eucharist and the Holy Communion. It's only different from Catholic along with any other denomination that we believe when we take the bre- bread and um, the wine, that's not just symbolic. We believe that the holy, we believe that a real flesh and real blood of Jesus Christ. Because based on the Bible, he said, um, take, the, take my body, you know, which we share for you, and drink this wine, it's my blood to be shed for you. So we believe that too. That is a difference. So my, yeah, my husband and I is, is have debate about that, and, and he just let it, you know, grace, and then just let it up to God. And he goes to church with me a lot, almost every Sunday, and um, he just pray about it, you know. And we talk with the priest along and ask him about can he be okay to take communion because he's not Catholic. And, you know, it's confusing because some churches let him does. 
men, right, and Maya. some don't. Well, that's very interesting. We've got to move on, but Thanks, uh, there's a huge difference on communion. A hundred years ago, if you were Catholic, you could not have the Lord's Supper of Communion in a Protestant church. And if you were Protestants, you could not take communion in a Catholic church. A lot of that uh, uh, going away. But there is a complete difference and divergence on the meaning of the Lord's Supper or communion. It's called Mass because it's the re-sacrifice of Christ in the Catholic Church. You're actually re-offering the tran- trans Pose trans, it's changed. It's transubstantiation. That is, the bread and the wine are actually becoming again the body and the blood of Christ. And the priest is not looking at you. He's not looking at the congregation. He's turned around to the altar, and he is lifting that up to God. He is re-sacrificing Christ. And that is the Catholic view. Protestants believe, Paul said, do this in remembrance of me. You show the Lord's death till he come. All right, we've got Timothy on the line from Plano. Timothy, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? All right, I have two things. One, which you just talked about. I, I do believe that it is the body of Christ because it does say, this is my body. And I, I believe that that's so powerful. And how, how can we anyone you know, doubt the power of God that it could not be Jesus' body and blood? So I, I do believe in it because I believe God has that power because he can do all things. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, there was a caller earlier that dealt with about the, um, the grace versus works and faith. And I do believe we need the faith, but I think works are important. And I cite Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 24, when it talks about not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That could be, you know, many people. But only the one who, do, who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Then I will declare them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, We are going to talk about the difference between faith and works, or the relationship between faith and works. That seems to be recurring and returning, but quickly, let's go to Roxanne. Let's wrap it up. Roxanne, thank you for calling. Roxanne, you're on the air. Well, I think Roxanne has left us. All right. Well, we've had a lot of uh, excellent discussion. Let's try to unpack some of this in the next two or three minutes. Uh, We have this issue of faith versus works, and we've heard some of the Catholics say, wait a minute, the Protestant or evangelical view that you're saved by grace alone through faith alone, well, that tends to allow people to go out and just behave however they want to. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that we've got to keep coming back to these sacraments, we've got to keep going to the confession, we're adding up grace. We're, we're getting grace says. And, um, but I want to ask you out there, folks, what's your, what's your observation, first of all, of Catholics who are going to confession once a week? Are they living better the rest of the week? Or are they feeling like they have a chance to unload and clean the slate every week? Um, what are you seeing? What are you observing? But that's really not that important. The, the real issue is what does the Bible say? And the Bible says this, that works are a result of our salvation, not the cause of it. That, uh, that faith is the root and works are the fruit. And uh, if you are truly saved, you will have a faith that works. And... Um, that is the, product, the, the Protestant evangelical view of, of faith and works. 
Well, um, let's go to this other issue because two callers have talked about Jesus in Matthew twenty six twenty eight. This is my body. And that is what the Gospel of Matthew says. Well, first thing I would say to you is he had the elements right there. And uh, he, he said, this is my body. And I think there's good reason to believe that was symbolic because the Apostle Paul interprets that for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, I received this from the Lord, this tradition for the churches. And Paul says, you show the Lord's death till he comes through this. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. And uh, we're, we read in the book of Hebrews that he was sacrificed once, once. And that's emphasized in Hebrews. Once for all. You cannot re-sacrifice Christ every time you do the Mass. And so Jesus said other things, like, I am the door. Well, is he a piece of wood? No, he's not. It's a symbol. He says, I'm the shepherd. Well, is he really out there pushing around a bunch of sheep? No, it's a symbol. It's a sign. I remember when Jesus said in John 6, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have life. He went on to say later, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. And what that means is this. You must take the real blood of Christ the real body of Christ. It's not the Lord's Supper. It's what happened 2,000 years ago. You must take His death on the cross, and you must put your total faith in Jesus alone, in Christ alone, to receive that grace. You should turn to Jesus now. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.